all the time what you know. Fear not what might not be, but focus on what could be. Own your destiny. Command your future. Know why you are meant to succeed. So I want to welcome everyone back to another episode of The Why Behind You. And as always, I want to thank you all for being patient, but also uh, sharing your thoughts, comments through email, uh, what have you, uh, about certain segments. And there's still many downloads that are happening within uh, the earlier episodes. But as I began to think about the next segment of discussion points I wanted to really get into, I took a pause on those to really stop and say, you know, do you all know me? Do you know my journey and why I'm actually talking about the things that I talk about, right? And, you know, from the very onset of this, I thought about these are experiences that I've had within my career, both personally and professionally. But, you know, as I began this podcast journey, I was very often curious um, in the early episodes wondering, why me? Why does anyone want to listen to what I have to say? And, you know, what's funny is I fast forward to a few months ago, I had a really close friend of mine that actually said, you know, you need to let people know why they should listen to what you have to say. So I sat down and I began to think about what would I say to myself about myself? You know, who is Jason Marcel? Who am I? Why me? And as I began to think about that, I started thinking about it at the core of it all. You know, what is my foundation? And for those of you that don't know me, you know, I'm a South Louisiana native raised by a single mother who at times she worked two to three jobs to support my brother and I to get the best education we could possibly get. And it was a really strong beginning to a very solid foundation that I will forever be indebted to her about. And uh, you all will get to learn a little bit more about her and uh, future episodes because I actually will have her on this this podcast. But, you know, just to tell you a little bit about her and how it helped to mold me as an individual, you know, um, she she kept both my brother and I, I have an older brother, I think I've mentioned that before, uh, she kept us in sports, she kept us active, you know, she uh, kept us busy and it was extremely rewarding for both my mental and my physical well-being because as you think about a lot of the different stressors and things that she had to experience as a single mother raising two boys, you know, it, um, it was a lot and there was not much that my brother and I could do to help her, uh, especially from a monetary standpoint. But it was one of those things where um, seeing that I had to deal with a lot of mental and emotional strain as a young adolescent, so did my brother. But it was nothing and it paled in comparison to what she was dealing with to be able to provide a better life. And what even compounded the effect was the fact that my father was off and on present until the age of nine, but decided that once he won $7 million in a lottery, um, that was enough reason for him to exit, exit stage left and start a new life, new family, move on. And so what was hard about that situation was the fact that I blamed myself at such a young age and um, thinking I was the reason he left. So I was often asking myself, you know, what could I have done differently to make him want to stay around? What could I have done differently 
to make him want to love me more, to be here, to be present. You know, I could care less about his money. All I wanted was him. And that was a challenge, right? That's a heavy burden. That's a, that's a yoke that, that no young individual or person should have to carry. Um, what I wasn't privy to and what my mother shielded me from was the type of person that he really was. And as I matured and grew older, I realized what she did and just how amazing she was in making sure that no one, and when I say no one, family, friends of family or whoever, um, spoke ill of him around me. Her expectation was for me to learn on my own the type of person that he was. And I eventually did, you know, because his actions didn't mirror the words he often spoke to me. And at a certain age, those words fell silent. You know, he just wasn't around. He left completely. So by the time I was 12 years old, I realized two very important lessons in life that have stuck with me until this day. And some would often say this was a very dark way of looking through the lens of life, but I beg to differ. I think sometimes we need those harsh realities of life to establish proper perspective. And at the end of the day, it only builds a stronger us. But, you know, those two key things or two key lessons that I learned in life is that one, life's not always fair. And nothing, and when I say nothing, I mean nothing is ever promised to you. You have to earn everything you want and desire. You know, everyone's not privileged enough to have a silver spoon or a trust fund or something that's handed down to them. And that's okay. Because I don't complain about not having that type of life. It built me to who I am today. It built me and taught me how to work through things. It built me and taught me how to navigate through stress and struggle. Um, second thing I'll say, and this is probably the one that I get more of the side eye looks on, is the fact that I've always felt, especially going through the scenario of my father, being able to help, being able to support, being able to minimize or eliminate completely all struggle, and he chose not to. But I said, if family can cut you to the core and do you wrong, anyone can. So trust the people that are around you to be who they are. The signs are always there. You know, if you're a thief, I trust you to be a thief. If you aren't dependable, I trust you will never be dependable. If you're a genuine and caring person, I'll trust you to always be just that. Former American businessman and financier Bernard Baruch once said, be who you are and say what you feel. Because those who mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind. I learned firsthand what the burdens of stress and adversity can do to a person. And more importantly, how pushing through that adversity makes you stronger and more resilient as an individual. I learned that lesson by watching the sacrifices, the tears, and the frustrations of my mother as she worked to provide a better life for me than she could have ever imagined having. And she did it with amazement. She did it without expecting a handout from anyone, family included. 
But those were lessons witnessed that helped to mold me and my perspective on life. As I said, life's not fair. Nothing is ever promised to you. If you want it, go work for it, go earn it. Don't expect a handout. All right? You know, and as I think about certain lessons like that in life, I think about my journey throughout my career. You know, it's interesting when I mentor and coach some people, they're often focused so heavily on the robust nature or, or conversely the lack of depth of professional experience as it relates to their growth and their development. And I jump to that point because I think that it's interesting, like the examples I just shared with you all from my personal life, where I don't expect a handout. I don't expect anyone to give me anything, and I expect that I have to work 110% to even have the equal opportunity to get that chance. But there are often times where we become complacent in our mindset and thinking, I deserve this. You owe it to me. And that's one area and one thing that no matter how successful I am, in anything that I do, I try to make sure that I keep that level of focus and that level of humility that that is never the case. You know, why is that? It's so often people only focus on certain things or certain experiences and it develops a certain mindset. You know, we all have various life experiences that have shaped the very foundation that we stand on. But why do we often not lend credit to the influence on our personal growth and our development that these personal life experiences have? And that's one thing I try to bring into every aspect of how I coach, how I mentor, how I help to develop individuals, whether they be my junior or my senior. Because it's a critical aspect. Our life's journey is a holistic approach and perspective. It's not just siloed from one journey or one experience to the next. You know, for the longest time, I had the same mentality. When I had a boss or a leader who was asking me to give examples of scenarios or give examples of how I would work through things, I knew a lot of those were trap questions. They were trap situations because maybe I was so early in my career and my tenure that I didn't have that experience. But again, as you become more mature, as you grow, as you evolve, you develop, you understand, I have a lot of life experience that transfers over into a lot of what this everyday life of this journey is like, professionally, career-wise, right? So as I continue to dissect other key aspects of my life, I think about my early years, right? I used to find myself wanting to be part of the crew, always wanting to be that person that fit in, right? Crazy part was, I didn't have a lack of confidence, not at all. And when I say my early years, I'm talking about, you know, late teens, early 20s. Um, really more so to this point, my late teens. But, you know, it wasn't a lack of confidence or what have you where I needed people to validate me. It was just a desire to be that guy, right, that everyone had the desire to be around. You know, I can remember times in my late teens and early 20s when I would tell myself, if someone didn't like me for me, you know, I was going to become ultimately the most successful person I could be. And they'll wish 
that they never let the day pass that they brushed me off or didn't include me, right? But as I look back on that and I think about that and how silly that mindset was, but ultimately, again, as you reflect, you evaluate and reevaluate, reposition, realign yourself, you know, I think about the silver lining of that thought process was the drive that fueled my hustle hard mentality. And ultimately what I learned about myself was the only person I had something to prove to or to be approved by was me. Swedish actor Michael Nyquist once said, and I quote, I think the whole mission of being here on earth is to accept what you have. And my journey was to accept my own life and not pretend anything else. I think that's what we all struggle with. Think about that. As individuals, we are always in our personal lives, as I just mentioned. You know, at some point in time, we want to fit in. We want to be part of, you know, whatever crowd or circles we want to be a part of. We want to be accepted by certain people, you know, maybe gain the attention of certain other people, whatever that may be. You know, if you're trying to develop a, a, a career path and, and growth, you're trying to fit into certain networks within your your, your, your everyday work and your core of, of colleagues. And at the end of the day, that's all good and well, but the reality and the question you should ask yourself is am I losing myself or am I maintaining myself in that process? The moment I found who I was was the moment I focused all my efforts on being me and not trying to fit into the box of others' perspectives or expectations. Because let's face it, <laughs> reality is their perceptions and expectations didn't always fit my reality. And that's okay. That's when you have to, as they always say, be comfortable in your own skin. That's the moment I found my voice. That's the moment I realized who I am. And the reality is that it's okay if others didn't accept me or what I had to offer. Because at the end of the day, I'm me. Take it or leave it. So the not-so-harsh reality is that everyone doesn't belong in your circle. Everyone hasn't earned the right to parallel park in your lane of life. What's most critical is you and I have to be comfortable with veering out of that lane to navigate to a new lane or course of life. We have to know when to exit that expressway and detour on a new route. You know, that was harder for me to do in my earlier years. It really was. Again, we're talking about life experiences. We're talking about the ability to grow and the ability to evolve. And I didn't do that nearly as well, but lessons learned, right? It's not a lack of confidence. It's a lack of guidance. It's a lack of perspective, you know, but you gain that in wisdom. You gain that in experience. And that experience um, leads you to that wisdom. You know, as I think about when I was in college, that was another pivotal point in my life, another key milestone or chapter for me, because when I actually take a look at key areas of what aspects of or different aspects of my life have brought me to where I'm at today, college was one of those that you know, it was a time where I feel I gained the most ground in learning how to be responsible and maintaining accountability. 
You know, I was on a four-year football scholarship and understood the importance of maintaining my grades to remain NCAA eligible to play ball. But I also knew the level of dedication I needed to invest to perform at the levels required to be a Division I football player. It was tough. Sometimes stayed up late. Well, we'll say a lot of times stayed up late, going out with friends and teammates from time to time and realizing I still had to be up at the training facility the next morning at 5 a.m., ready to rock. No excuses. And you had to perform at the level that was expected of you. Because if you're going to go out and you're going to actually live it up, you got to be willing to actually do the things that you need to do as well when it's time to put the hard hat on and go to work. All right? But that's the beauty of it all. And something that I carry into my everyday work environment. We talk about how I transition. I'll, I'll jump into that a little bit later, but transition straight from college into corporate America. Um, no matter how much you choose to voluntarily exhaust yourself or involuntarily, you're voluntold how hard you're working, you wear yourself down, no matter how hard it is. Fulfill your duties and your responsibilities. You play hard, you work even harder. And that's something that I've learned and I've brought into my everyday work environment, my everyday personal environment. And, you know, as I transitioned into my professional career, you know, this was a whirlwind experience for me because we're talking about a kid that came from not a whole lot of, uh, you know, excess means or anything. But I always had work ethic. I was always surrounded by people that supported me. Um, I went through a significant amount of adversity early in life as a kid, um, you know, had to struggle and and all the above. But it built me into a stronger person in every aspect of our lives. And this is something that I cherish near and dear. Every aspect of everything that I went through in life, I wouldn't change it. Not one minute of it. Because it built a foundation that is unbelievably stable you know so as I think about again all the key chapters in my life to this point you know as I'm jumping into my my professional career a kid that was on scholarship scraping together to pull you know pennies here and there eating off the dollar menu bank account is you know <laughs> getting ready to go into the negative, if not in the negative. I mean, didn't have the ability to work because I had to practice. I had to go to school. I had to keep my grades up. I didn't have time to actually work, be on scholarship, go to school and do everything else. And even when I tried to, it just beat me down so much. You know what? Something's got to give. You have to prioritize. But whirlwind, you know, this was a whirlwind experience as I transitioned into my professional career because I was fresh out of undergrad transitioning from scraping together the money I could to have a uh, or buy a two-for-one special on suits and dress shirts and uh, driving an old Mitsubishi Galant with no AC in the middle of the summer to now I'm handling the idea of being in corporate America in a corporate environment driving a nice company car having an expense account entertaining customers every other night, making more money than I had ever earned at any point in time in my life. Now, you make that or compare that to a lot of other professions and, and what have you. It's not, you know, like I was 
an NBA or an NFL guy out here doing it like that, but it was big, big change for me, right? And sometimes that's really hard for some people to actually handle. To me, it was a little like hitting the lottery. But regardless of all the perks, I never lost sight of what was most important, doing my job to the best of my ability. In the beginning, I focused all my energy on learning what it would take to create a strong foundation of success in this corporate world. It was very different for someone like me. The very first meeting that I walked into in corporate America, I was one, if not one of two, of the only minorities that walked into the room. Very different from any other environment I'd ever walked into. You know, so for me, it was, I've got to shine. I'm already different the moment I step into the room. Now I have to show them how I'm different because of my ability to perform. So I was in a sales environment with a quota and expectation to drive bottom line results in an ultra competitive environment. Again, in one sense, this was completely different from anything I had ever done. But on the other hand, is very similar to the story of my life in a lot of ways. All through my personal life and sports career, I had to experience competition, hardship, setbacks, physical and mental pain, adversity. You know, I transitioned over into my professional career. The only thing different was I wouldn't have to experience the physical pain. But I had to navigate through all the other experiences on a daily basis in my new career. So one of the many things that early and persistent life experiences gave me was perspective. By the time I reached my professional career, there was nothing that could be thrown my way that my earlier life had not prepared me for. I knew given enough time, I could navigate through any situation and really overcome any obstacle put in my way. So it wasn't a matter of the amount of pressure that was put on me. It was a matter of how much time would it take me to best figure out how to navigate and overcome it. Former President Bill Clinton once said, if you live long enough, you'll make mistakes. But if you learn from them, you'll be a better person. It's how you handle adversity, not how it affects you. The main thing is Never quit, never quit, never quit. You know, it was interesting because as I was reflecting on this podcast and, and how I was going to deliver this and talk about this, I, you know, and I'm thinking about my career journey and, you know, it's as we talk about matter of perspective, right? You know, people were often quick to say that my career, especially earlier in my career, was easy because I was a former athlete. You know, they, they hire former athletes and a few other key area uh, areas or experiences because, you know, that, that's just what pops. That's what's, you know, exciting and fancy. People draw to you. But, you know, being hired right out of college, that wasn't an easy task. I mean, yes, I had the opportunity of connecting with the right people, but, you know, <laughs> I graduated on a Sunday, started work on a Monday, 
and that looked very easy to a lot of people uh, that I started my job the day after I graduated. But this was in an ultra competitive environment. And I had started interviewing several months prior to that. And the interesting part was the fact that I'm going up against people that had interned with the company two summers prior and the summer before and two years of interning or people that were transitioning from one um, area or company that was already in the industry, already had multiple years of experience, but they were transitioning and I'm competing against people like that. So it wasn't an easy task for someone that wasn't used to interviewing, wasn't used to the company or the structure of corporate America trying to compete. But someone took a chance on me. They saw the raw talent and the personality and everything else. And they took a chance on me. You know, as I think about when I got my first promotion in the company, which was right around two years after being hired, people were like, wow, two years after. All right, you're the golden child. You have to be on the fast track. You know, in the two-year time frame, right at the end of that two years, you know, it may sound very quick and very fast, but what many people don't realize is, yes, I was promoted within that two years, but I went through being told no in eight interview processes. And keep in mind, all eight of those interview processes, each of them were about four or five interviews apiece. But I went through eight interview processes of being told no before I reached my ninth process, went through another five interviews, and the manager took a chance on me because of my track record and my potential. And it's easy to say, you know what, two years, ah, this guy got promoted. Man, what has he done? Or he's got it easy. But there's also the backside of that where nine interview processes, eight out of the nine, people would have given up in a heartbeat. Some probably would have given up at four or three after being told no. And I'll keep it real with you. You know, as I went through those processes, there were many times through that journey that I was pissed. I was pissed for being passed up on. I knew I was better qualified and had greater impact than the person that beat me out. Sometimes it, it wasn't the case, but in a few situations, yeah, it was. I was pissed. But one thing that you have to understand and become comfortable with that every opportunity that you pursue isn't the best opportunity for you. So as I continue to travel through my journey, through gaining the right mentors and advocates, I began to understand what I needed to do to continue to sharpen my skill sets, to create a foundation that I could build my career on. I knew what to uh, I needed to do to ascend to greater heights in corporate America. And I would have to continue to deepen my strategic acuity and also enhance the scope of my business acumen in order to do that. So after establishing myself and learning my craft in the industry, I decided, you know what? I'm gonna make it much harder for the no's to happen. So I went back to school and obtained my MBA. I took full advantage of the company resources to sponsor me pursuing my MBA and I obtained it in 2009, you know? Several years after I'd actually graduated from undergrad. I took full advantage of the company's resources to pursue that. And, you know, because of the immense amount of workload that was involved and the toll it took on me during those two years of working on my MBA, I decided to take a year off. 
And it was interesting because through working on my MBA, I had no idea I had such a fondness for finance. And I originally had an intent, and I think I've talked about this in a previous episode, of just going back to like to really just get a concentration in finance. But I realized how many hours I needed, and it wasn't really that bad. It was going to take me another year. So I went back to school after taking a year off and got a master's in finance. And what's interesting is I hardly talk about those things. I don't do any of that or mention any of that even in this sit down to have bragging rights about degrees hanging on my wall. I've said that before. It was something that I identified as being a critical need for me to enhance my business acumen and my strategic perspective. You'll hardly ever hear me talk about all of that because I don't think that that makes me any smarter or better than the next person. It just adds a different perspective. What it did for me was it enhanced my ability to add more depth and substance to what I can offer in any given environment or any team that I'm a part of. So I don't ever claim to be the smartest person, nor should any of us, because there's always someone that has greater experience, greater knowledge, and greater perspective. It's a matter of how you share it and what you do with it. I can only take my personal and professional life experiences and share that knowledge that I've gained over time with people like you. And hopefully this can add a different perspective that could aid you in your journey. But I'm a N of one. So you have to have varying degrees, varying perspectives, varying experiences in order to help mold and shape and craft what it is you want to do and how you plan to do it. They say some of the best ideas are stolen. Hey, prime example, have great mentors, have people to listen to. Have people to pressure test things with. That's where you begin to really mold and craft and draft yourself. So when I think about the answer to the question I posed at the beginning of this segment, I hope that what I've shared with you over the last few minutes adds clarity and perspective on why you're listening to me. Like anything, this is not a silver lining point of view. Again, as I said it, I'm yet one of many different points of view that will hopefully aid you in your journey in some way. George Bernard Shaw once said, and I quote, life isn't about finding yourself. Life is about creating yourself. We can learn plenty from our own individual life's journeys and the paths that we go down, but we often gain varying perspectives from those traveling a different journey in life as well. Be the person that you are. Be the person who you are and learn from those you value and respect. There are many situations in our personal and professional lives that can be navigated much easier. And we have to be able to step back and see the forest for the trees, but we got to understand. And we have to be willing to be open to observing, listening, and learning. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Why Behind You. I hope you were able to gain additional insight and perspective from this week's discussion. 
If you felt this topic was a benefit to you, please hit subscribe to this podcast and share this message with others that may benefit as well. Please feel free to email me your comments and suggestions at you at the whybehindyou.org. I hope you have a great rest of your day and week, and I look forward to seeing you on next week's episode of The Why Behind You.